You're listening to the Business Simplified Podcast. Have you ever heard that saying that a picture's worth a thousand words? Well, on today's episode, I get to interview Garth Williamson, who is the country manager for Australia and New Zealand for Shutterstock. We're talking all things content marketing, how to actually make sure your content marketing is a part of your marketing mix. And of course, we discuss images. It's a great interview. It's perfect for the small business owner. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Tracy Leake, and I've been at every stage of small business from struggling through to success. For the last 15 years, I've been coaching small business owners to have more profit with less stress in their business. This podcast is the how for business. So grab a cuppa and let's get started. Welcome to the Business Simplified Podcast. Hey, just before we jump into the interview, I wanted to remind you to make sure you hit subscribe to the Business Simplified podcast. What that'll do is it'll make sure it keeps the podcast in your library, so for quick and easy access, plus you'll get updates, notifications, letting you know when there's a new episode ready for you to listen to. So let's jump into the interview now. So welcome to the podcast, Garth. Really excited to have you here. What we'd love to do for a start is just talk a little bit about you. Tell us how you became the country manager at Shutterstock and what you did prior to this, because you've got a really interesting history. So tell us a little bit about your background. No worries. Thanks, Tracy. Firstly, let me just say it's a privilege to be on your on your podcast and thank you for for, for inviting me. Look, I guess um, I started out in the health and fitness industry where I was a personal trainer. I managed gyms and I was also uh, setting up corporate corporate health facilities as well. And then I decided that I wanted to go back to uni to... Uh, learned something I, I knew very little about, which was IT and computers. I could kind of see that they were um, they were kind of getting big and they weren't going away. So I figured I, I should probably learn about them. In fact, scarily, while I was actually applying to go back to uni, I needed help at the library from the librarian to actually use the computer to apply to do IT in the first place. But that's uh, that's um. <laughs> anyway, I did learn how to use a computer. I um I graduated with uh, with a broad IT um, and business degree and then I um, moved to Sydney. I was lucky enough to to find myself working for Microsoft for the next decade where I worked in sales, marketing, product and management. Um, and then I was one of those people that decided that I was going to leave a safety of a job. So I wanted to really test myself and try to start my own business. So I left, um, threw my hat in the ring uh, and started my own online business. And I uh, was lucky enough that uh, uh, after a few years, I was able to step away from the daily duties of it. It's still going, luckily. Um, and I looked at what my next challenge was going to be. And I, I found a really good challenge, which was that um, I moved uh, to a, a news organization that was a multilingual, multicultural news organization where I ran their sales, marketing, operations divisions, helping them to basically pivot from their uh, lagging traditional print business into digitizing and monetizing across multiple channels as well, which was certainly a challenge. And then I saw this opportunity to join what I thought was a brand that I saw as exciting and innovative, um, which was Shutterstock. Uh, and I was lucky enough to get the role. So I'm the country manager for Australia and New Zealand. And we're not only trying to grow the business here, but also grow our local presence here in Australia. And my team partners with creators to help them tell their story. Uh, we work across small business, 
medium business and large enterprises and we're across all, all verticals that we sort of categorize into into media into business into agencies production companies and publishing companies I, I love that you've said so many times but i was oh that's lucky lucky that happened and unfortunately you know luck doesn't really happen in business it's it's good management and hard work so let's just uh, acknowledge that to start with I'm really excited to talk to you about um, content marketing and we're going to talk about Shutterstock because I'm a bit of a Shutterstock fan. Um, I love it. I love images. I love all of that. I can sit there just looking through all the images. It's like going to a gallery and getting to see all the images. I maybe shouldn't be admitting my geekiness on this side of that, but I do love looking at images. So let's start with content marketing because that's now an actual marketing strategy for business owners. It's not just something that's sort of come about and is just something that people put out there. It's an actual strategy. So I think maybe we should start there. So how would you describe content marketing for a small business owner and, and what can it do for them and their business? It is a strategy and it's an incredibly important strategy, I think, these days. And it can also be a very effective and, and cost effective um, a way for small businesses in particular to be able to play in the big leagues and to be able to really drive uh, drive profitability. So what I would say is it's a way to it's a way to create and distribute content that helps to be able to drive traffic, drive trust, and grow profits. And I think that's and and I, and I would just say that as a caveat, if it's done correctly. And and what I mean by that is that if it's applied correctly. Um, it can do all those three things. And if you dive a little bit deeper into what I mean by that, when you're talking about what the content is that you're creating and distributing, it has to be relevant to the to the right audience. It needs to be viewed as of value to that particular audience, and it needs to be consistent. Consistent both um, both in the in the tone and the look and feel, but also the consistency if you're using it across multiple channels, which is the next probably point I would bring up, which is these days as consumers, we know that we're shopping and consuming information across multiple devices, across multiple platforms, and therefore it's imperative for, for business, businesses to be across multiple channels as well. So when you're thinking about what channels you actually want to be able to reach out to your audience, you know, consider using blogs, websites, emails, even print, and obviously the social platforms as well. And collectively, that will help you to be able to grow the awareness of your brand and also your product or service, which is obviously ultimately going to be able to bring you greater sales as well. Content marketing typically is geared towards either offering advice or adding commentary to something as well. And because of that, it goes beyond a direct sell or a direct promotion. And so it's viewed and it's received as being more authentic because it is. Um, and for that very reason, it has higher engagement levels. And that's why it can be incredibly effective. I love that you said in their consistency, because I think that's something that many small business owners lack when they're talking about content marketing, especially even just social media posting. It's sort of sometimes on, sometimes off doing it, sometimes not doing it. And I think the other point you really brought up that I want to delve a little deeper into is about audience, about knowing who your audience is, because obviously if you're not delivering the right content to them, it doesn't matter how good your content is. If they don't want to consume it, then it's not good content. So how does a small business owner go about working out who their audience is and, 
and what sort of content is going to most resonate with that audience? Yeah, look, I, I agree. In fact, uh, it's not only extremely important, I would actually go as far as to say that the key to success for business is to actually understand and know your audience. And it's not just a matter of understanding who will benefit from your product or service, but it actually goes, it, it requires you to go a lot deeper than that. So to understand um, what their needs are, what their wants are, what their preferences are, and where there are, like where can you where can you reach out and actually engage with them as well. And once you understand what content will resonate with them, what, what, they, what content really cares, what, what content they really care about, then you can actually weave that into your marketing and you can actually build your marketing plan around that to grow your connection and to grow your engagement. Um, I've got a really quick example of that. There's a company called The Iconic. Um, and earlier this year, when we were right in the midst of everyone working from home, it was Mother's Day, they actually did a really great campaign called To All Those That Mother. Um, and it was specifically geared at thanking mothers. And it was just um, a collection of UGC or user-generated content capturing those moments throughout the day that we were all challenged with, but particularly mothers, you know, from working from home, having um, partners working from home, having children at home, you know, more than what we were used to. I certainly know about that one. And not only was it, it was it was relatable to how what we were all going through, but I think in particular, mothers really did appreciate the fact that uh, that someone was saying, "Hey, I know exactly how you feel," and these are these are these are some of the moments that we're all sharing. And I think it was a really great example of of the company understanding their audience, but also understanding what they were going through at the time, what they were feeling and what they were experiencing. That's such a great example because I think that's something we all forget about. Like even when you just mentioned that, I went, oh, I always forget that it's that user-generated content. And so maybe for people who are not quite sure what that is, do you want to explain maybe how people generate that user-based content via you know, Facebook or Instagram, how, how you actually go about getting users, you know, your customers to send in content? Yeah, look, so as UGC or user-generated content suggests, it's content created by a user as opposed to a professional, right? And there are probably different, there's probably two main categories of user-generated content that we probably know about. I think everyone knows about the quirky, funny pets. Like, I think we can actually sit all day and watch funny dogs funny babies and funny cats doing funny things, right? We love that. That's generated, that's user-generated content. Um, but the other things that um, is just as popular and in fact is, is, is a growing segment in, in UGC is the heartwarming uh, uh, moments that, that, that people capture as well. And I think the thing about user-generated content is that it's real people experiencing real moments and having real emotions attached to that, be it a funny thing or be it a really heartwarming thing as well. As far as a business is concerned, it can be a really cost-effective way to be able to either uh, uh, use content. So for example, at Shutterstock, we actually only just partnered with a really, really large UGC company called Jukin uh, that specializes in, in UGC content. So you can actually grab editorial video uh, UGC from, from some stock libraries, certainly from Shutterstock, but you can also um, create your own uh, as well as also, and I think this is where it's, it becomes an incredibly important um, engagement piece, is where if, you're, if you understand what your, what your audience cares about, if you understand potentially as an example, 
what social movements are resonating with them and that are trending in the news. Um, and you're able to, to reach out and engage in a conversation where they care about that and where it's happening. You can also ask them to be able to create their own footage and content and actually be able to post it to, to your sites and, and to tag, tag your company or tan, tag your product in it. So the, the idea is that it's, it's an engagement piece where not only you're having and continuing a conversation, but you're also able to uh, engage and continue that conversation. And, and it's a two-way conversation, which marketing sometimes is not, because you're getting your users to be able to participate and actually be able to create content for you, which helps you be able to exponentially expand your reach as well. Yeah, I think oftentimes small business owners don't take the time and effort to really get to know their audience and understand it. They're doing more like promotional marketing, just putting out saying, hey, here we are, this is what we've got for you, rather than sort of saying, hey, here you are, I've got something that I think might solve a need or a want for you and, and drawing them to them. What what are some strategies you would go about to, if a small business owner is like, oh, I don't really understand my audience, what sort of things would you suggest they should do to really get to understand their potential customers and that audience as such? I know that when I started my business, I, I really didn't have a clue either. And uh, I, I will I will confess and put up my hand and say I listened to a whole whole bunch of uh, business podcasts at the time to try to understand and try to actually glean a lot of information. I, I did a lot of Googling to try to find out a lot of information. And look, what I did is a really basic thing. Um, and then I can actually uh, provide a formula that I think is actually going to be able to help, help your audience as well. But what I started with is to uh, understand what my, what my target audience was trying to find out to be able to solve a particular problem that I was trying to, that my product was was going to help with. So uh, I sat down and tried to discover 52 questions that I thought that my audience was going to ask or were asking to be able to lead them onto the discovery path to, to my product. And why 52? It's because there's 52 weeks in a year. So therefore, if you're able to create 52 pieces of content that address each one of those questions, you have a year's worth of content management that you can actually get started with as well. So that's my little tip. I guess that what I would actually say though is for a particular formula for companies, I would say that there's three things that they need to be able to actually um, stay across and to, and, and to get right, I guess. I would say that number one is to make sure they understand their target audience. We've talked about that and I'll dive into that a little bit more. Uh, they need to be able to optimize their content and they also need to be able to use great visuals. Three things, really simple. Um, so if you dive into them a little bit more, uh, understanding your target audience, we've talked a little bit more, we've talked about that, but really it's about doing your research. You really need to be able to actually do that preparation, really be able to dive a little bit further. And some of the things that, that, that you can ask yourself that will help you to be able to, um, to garnish some of the information is, what channels are they using? You know, beyond the demographics, and the demographics will certainly help. But what channels are they on? What channels are they are they talking to, and and, and gleaning information from? What cultural movements do they you know, resonates with them? What what do they care about? But also, what are they watching? What are they listening to? What are they reading? All these things help you to be able to have a greater understanding of what content they actually care about which will allow you to then be able to weave in that content throughout your pieces of marketing content. Now, the caveat here is that you need to make sure that 
if, for example, you're trying to align to a particular social movement, it needs to align to your company and your brand values as well. It doesn't mean you have to jump into everything. It just means that if you understand what the, what your brand purpose is, and if you understand what your audience cares about, then there's a synergy there that you can jump in when it makes sense to. But it also means that um, a lot of the time it's prudent not to jump in when it doesn't make sense. Because we've obviously seen some examples where you know, uh, companies have probably tried that over the last, you know, little while and it just hasn't hit the mark. And in fact, it creates a bit of a backlash as well. Yeah, do your research. The other one is uh, optimize your content. And what I mean by that is to have an objective. For every piece of content that you put out there, that you create and that you share, have an objective for it. So ask yourself, what are you trying to achieve from putting this out there? Now, the example I gave before, is that when I first started, I was just trying to answer discovery questions. So I was just trying to, every time I had a question and I was making sure that in my piece of content, I was answering one of those questions. So therefore, uh, the target audience that I was trying to reach out to uh, and trying to draw traffic from to my to my site uh, would hopefully try to uh, search for that content, uh, hopefully find my answer to that content and then to be able to lead almost like breadcrumbs back to my, my actual site. Um, so the, the questions to ask there, for example, is, is are you trying to inform? Are you trying to share some, some, some valuable information? Uh, are you trying to start or join a conversation? Um, or are you trying to position yourself as a thought leader in that particular space? Um, so have an objective, so optimize your content. And the last one, which I actually think is probably the most important one is to use great visuals. I mean, a stat that has always stuck, stuck in my head since, since uni is uh, humans process visuals at 60,000 times faster than, than text. So when, when you talk about what is the fastest way to be able to tell your story, what is the fastest way to be able to foster trust? It's through visuals. But it's also about making sure that you have great visuals. You're choosing great visuals. Uh, and uh, I can just share that uh, recently Shutterstock actually uh, ran a study with a company called Constant Contact, had to think there for a sec, um, where we were basically comparing different emailing campaigns and, and visuals. And what we found is that email campaigns that used our Shutterstock imagery uh, had an increase of CTR or click-through rates of 36% compared to all other email which is, which is huge, that's, that's increasing people who are actually engaging and actually actioning off an email that you're sending out through nothing more than having the right imagery. That's an amazing stat. Like people are always talking about how do I get more people to open my emails, but 36% increase, that's not a little one. Like when people are talking about email stats for anyone out there that is listening, that oftentimes you're talking about, oh, if you could get 5% more click-through rates, you know, but 36%, that's that's huge simply from images. And I always say, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. When, when we're talking about that imagery, what sort of imagery do you think works best? Like you've sort of got two levels of imagery you can use. You can use, you know, images that are taken on the fly, are really basic, um, have that real, you know, behind the scenes sort of feel. And then you have images that actually look a bit more professional and, you know, just having the lighting correct can make such a difference in your images. 
what sort of imagery do you see is getting those sort of results? So when you were working with Constant Contact, was it more that professional sort of looking image that was getting that sort of a result rather than, you know, the images I see a lot of business owners using that are obviously taken on their phone in the semi-dark? It's a really good question. And the answer, as with many answers, is it depends. And, 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 and what I mean by that is that the image needs to be consistent with the story that you're telling. And it also needs to align to your branding uh, as well. So when you're talking about imagery, uh, I would say that imagery really helps you to be able to define the tone, uh, but also the purpose of both your messaging and also your branding as as well. And, you know, there's, there's a psychology of why we use images. You know, imagery helps us to be able to influence moods, helps us to be able to create and sway emotions, helps us to be able to change perspectives. And all those things have a direct correlation to being able to increase sales conversions. So there really is a reason why we're actually using imagery. It helps, again, to be able to uh, tell your story faster. And what I would say is that when you're thinking about your audience and you're thinking about what the objective is for that piece of content, then what, side, what is the imagery that will help to be able to convey the main message in there? And sometimes it may actually be something that is maybe not as polished, something that might actually make sense depending on your company, your brand, and the messaging behind it. But a lot of the time, particularly for small businesses, where they struggle, I think, is, is the cost of being able to actually go out and actually create these really expensive, really glossy, you know, uh, professional looking photos. And that's where I think, you know, uh, Shutterstock and, and, and other stock providers, you know, really are, are able to provide that. Going back to psychology, you know, um, you can actually dig a little bit deeper and actually use color psychology, which is which goes to your point around, you know, you can actually change just by using a, a, a particular tone or a color. You know, you can actually convey the type of the type of emotions and moods that you are hoping to be able to have your audience feel to really be able to emote your your story you know and a really great example a really simple example of that is that uh, when we actually were going into winter if anyone remembers that we were indoors for most of winter this year as well because of a little thing called covid there was a company called bed threads they were <clears throat> they were launching their, their their winter range and they used a lot of oranges Right. Um, it probably makes a lot of sense, but when you when you actually look at the the theory behind using orange, orange makes us feel warm. It makes us feel comfort. It makes us feel excited, and they're all the things that they wanted us to be able to feel when we were thinking about the cold weather outside and being able to be snuggle snuggled down and warm with with their products. Another really interesting one, probably my favourite example of colour psychology, is is the use of yellow, particularly by retailers. And this may be something that some of your audience members may not actually know, but I guarantee you'll see it every time you go into a supermarket or a retailer now. Yellow is known as being the most emotive color. It stands for you know, making us feel uh, more emotional, more stimulated, more excited, and also happy and optimistic as well. So when you think about when we're going into a store, and what do these stores want us to feel when we're when we're buying and we have our wallets open to be able to spend more? They want us to feel those things. So this is why yellow is synonymous with price tags that are trying to show us that that it's a special. So whenever you go in there, you'll notice that specials are generally using yellow price tags, and there's a very good reason for that. And it comes down to the psychology of using color 
which encompasses that larger principle of making sure you've got imagery and also making sure that you are consistent to what you're trying to tell or trying to achieve, as well as the consistency around your particular brand as well. And I mean, you only have to go to Instagram and look through your Instagram feed of the people's feeds that you like the most. And oftentimes they're very coordinated in their colours. And as a side note, um, I remember I interviewed Georgie. You haven't met Georgie, but Georgie was on, uh, I think it was episode 10, talking about PR. And she talked about that the imagery you use with a, a media release can actually make or break your media release. Like the imagery is so important over whether or not you'll get it. And now I kind of understand that because if you're sending the right imagery to a media outlet, they're going to capture that essence and that emotion of your business and decide whether or not to actually cover you for media. Such a good point. I I hadn't really thought about it before, but, you know, the emotion and that colour psychology in your imagery can make such a huge difference. Look, absolutely. You know, I I always think about the old adage that uh, you don't judge a book by a cover, but in reality, particularly in marketing, everyone judges the book by the cover. So you need to make sure that you get the cover right. And the cover means that choosing the right imagery, but also choosing the right sort of tone to be able to convey the right mood or to be able to have a, a particular aesthetic there as well. You know, so when I talked about having that consistency, you know, it's about color coordinating across all your pieces of content that align to your particular brand as well. Because that'll mean that it'll, that every piece of content will be more identifiable will be easily relatable back to your particular brand as well. So that's incredibly important, but also have that consistency across all the different channels as well. So therefore, it's easier for your audience to be able to quickly process, ah, it's from company X and it's helping me because of X, you know, Y and Z as well. You know, and there are different ways of being able to find that consistency out there. You know, a really good example, uh, again, coming from Shutterstock is we have a free tool uh, that's called our reverse image search tool where you can actually choose an image and then you can actually click search and it will actually uh, easily surface similar looking or similarly toned uh, images as well. So that's a really easy way to be able to help you select similar feeling images as well. And that will give you that consistency and also that familiarity as well you know and um another thing that you you just mentioned um uh, instagram uh, another tip that i would say is if, if possible try to include people as much as possible in your imagery i mean you know it helps to personify and to humanize the message and the brand i recently read a report that um all the social influences that were um one that like the top influences one of the common things that, that they were including was uh, pictures of themselves but also picture themselves looking at the camera because it actually is mimicking us actually having a genuine conversation or or a genuine human connection so that's incredibly important you know another a couple of other tips that i'm quickly thinking of uh, symbolism it may it might make sense to actually use symbolism to be able to help convey a particular mood and also keep across trends as well you know keep across what's happening in the news particularly around what you've learned from your discovery and research process about what your audience cares about, but also understanding, uh, you know, trends that are happening in your particular space, but also trends that are happening, you know, creative trends as well. You know, we, we at Shutterstock put out a, a yearly creative trends that's based on the millions of research um, and, and search terms that, that we find out every year. And we're able to, at a global level, actually pinpoint 
you know, the top things that we're going to see the next year. And, and, and we are, you know, pretty much, you know, bang on most of the time as well. So stay across, stay across the trends because that's going to be able to help you stay, stay ahead of your competition. Um, and also to continue to have your brand and your messaging feel fresh as well. And I think, oh, I'm loving everything you're saying. And you mentioned this earlier, which you must have been reading my mind, which is one of my things for many small business owners to actually have to invest the money to go out and get those consistent images and the time as well as the money investment to do that. And this is where, you know, Shutterstock can come into that. How, how do people actually use Shutterstock? What can it do for them? How can it make it easier and more affordable for a small business owner? And just as an example, I'm going to give you a story that happened at the start of COVID. I had a client who was introducing a new um, service to their, their product line around COVID and they needed to release it fast. So they didn't have time to organize a photo shoot to get all the images. And I happened to be in their office and I said to them, well, let's just jump on Shutterstock because I am guaranteed they're going to have some sort of image to do with this service. And we went on there. Not only was there an image, there was like you know, a dozen images and they were all beautiful. And this client of mine said, why would I ever go and get my own photos? Let's just buy all of those photos. So it's such a great resource for small business owners to get that imagery across. So what do people do to get started on Shutterstock? You know, how does it work? Yeah, look, it's, it's a really good example. And, you know, I have worked with small businesses in different roles. I've also, you know, been there myself, owning my own small business. I know that you're time poor, that you're worried about cash flow constantly, and you're wearing multiple hats as well. So you may not necessarily have the time or the resources to be able to create all your content yourself, you know. And I think that the greatest advantage of using stock, and in particular Shutterstock, is that it saves you money and it saves you time. I mean, that that's the headline, you know, for, for all small business owners, is that it's going to be able to help you very quickly be able to find, the, uh, find an image or imagery that you want at a fraction of the cost and you're going to and you're not going to have to wait for it as well the other thing is and that's something that you mentioned as well is that it has versatility and offers choice as well we have on our site over 340 million um, different images and assets on on our site and we're adding an extra 1.5 million images every week so we're we're super fresh but it's growing super quickly as well you know so that also means that you're always going to be able to find what you're looking for. Uh, going back to that cost, you know, uh, we have we have some some pretty stringent submission uh, criteria, so you can feel comfortable when you're searching through our library that that the images that you're going to find in there, um, as well as you know the footage and also the music, um, is going to be of of high quality. So you, so you can very easily find high quality, but not have to pay those high costs as well. I would also say that another advantage of using stock is that you can personalize it. So a lot of people think that you only have to use the stock image that's there, but no, you can you can add your own text to it. You can add your own super over the top. You can trim it down to be able to focus on a particular area. You can also give it color and contrast treatments to be able to you know convey a particular mood or emotion that you you know were looking for or is consistent with your particular brand. You know. Uh, these are ways that you can help cut costs, uh, while at the same time not cutting on on your reach, on your business impact, and also on the efficacy of being able to still use uh, content. Because content out there these days allows small businesses to be able to play with the big boys. You know, you, you really can now 
um, appear as, as just as professional and have just as much reach as any of the large companies that have millions of dollars on marketing. And while we would all love that as a small business owner, we don't have that, but there are ways that we can actually still reach, still have that, that same reach and still have that same impact uh, without you know, uh, you know, breaking, breaking the bank effectively as well. So I would say to get started, uh, go to our site, shutterstock.com, sign up, have a look, and, uh, and, and effectively start, start having a look through. You know, and, and we have different platforms to, to suit different types of customers, and you'll be directed to the appropriate license and also the appropriate platform, depending on what you're looking for as well it's it's really as as simple as that so if there's any um there's any business owners out there right now who are you know thinking about you know i really want to be able to drive greater traffic or to be able to launch a a new product or i really want to be able to connect with an with with a target audience that i've identified but i haven't been able to to do and i don't think i I have the time i can't employ someone full-time to actually be able to create this for me and i don't know how to do it it doesn't matter. You don't have to go and actually, you know, uh, hire a full production team to be able to take these photos. You can find them online really simply. And I think also too, remembering it's not just still images as well. You mentioned it earlier and I only discovered this this morning was the um, editorial content that you have. I was watching like a little sizzle reel, just introducing some of it. And I looked at it and I went, that's amazing because it wasn't just contemporary, you know, red carpet or celebrity type of content. So we're talking editorial things that um, you maybe explain editorial, not me, because you'll be better at it. But what I also loved was that there was archive sort of footage, like man landing on the moon. And I just went, how amazing would that be if you were doing a video? And I just applied it to myself and went, oh, I'm doing a video talking about business is different from when man landed on the moon. I'm never going to be able to go and film man landing on the moon. But to use that image to actually convey the message you're talking about and there was, you know, I saw 60 seconds of the footage. I'm scared to go to the site now. I may lose the rest of my day looking at all the footage. But do you want to explain what that editorial content is and maybe some suggestions of how people could use it? Am I on the right track with how people could be using that that video content as well? Yeah, look, absolutely. You know, a lot of people think stock, stock companies are just stocky stock images look and and for a long time now we have moved away from stocky stock images and 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 we have more than than images so nowadays you'll find you know that the majority of our content be it images be it footage um, be it editorial or be it music um is very authentic so it feels like it isn't staged um and 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 a lot of the time is actually you know real moments being captured by you know a a professional or semi-professional photographers that are using the right gear and treated the imagery with great professionalism as well when you're talking about editorial in particular so editorial is factual Um, it's something that is either newsworthy or that maybe an article or documentary would be interested in to be able to help convey a particular story that that they're um, uh, creating as well. So that, that I guess is sort of the top line of what editorial is. If you delve a little bit deeper, I guess, you know, it's it's that celebrity content. It's that royal content. It's the newsworthy content. It's sports content. And it's also the archival content to which you talked to which you referred uh, earlier as well. Uh, a lot of the time, editorial is predominantly used by those that are doing uh, documentaries or specific articles or 
presenting news articles, but there are opportunities for us to be able to use editorial in commercial for, for commercial use as well. Um, and that means that we as Shutterstock can be able to help to either offer um, a guarantee or an asset assurance to be able to allow you to be able to use certain types of editorial use for commercial use for, for some images and then for the very iconic images. So, you know, think of celebrities. We can also use our internal rights and clearance house um, green light to be able to help you to be able to try to get that clearance as well. But also know that might also be a little bit expensive. So when you're thinking about, about using like that high-end top type of editorial, Think of, you know, Apple a few years ago, well, quite a few years ago now, I'm showing my age, really had a Think Differently campaign and they had a whole lot of different black and white photos of really famous people like Albert Einstein, like the Beatles, things like that. Now, that, that was editorial and they needed to actually get clearance rights to be able to use them as well. So what I would say is absolutely you can, uh, but also make sure that you are using in the appropriate way or uh, reach out to Shutterstock and we can help you navigate that particular process but sometimes it does make sense to be able to use editorial and you know, editorial also includes UGC content as well to which I referred to as well and we are seeing that that is one of the fastest growing pieces uh, segments of content as well because people can relate to it more so now that we've all been stuck from home so we are now used to over the last year seeing campaigns that may not be as polished as what they used to be as well you know, and in fact, you know, there was a recent study that showed that some polished campaigns are less, trust, are less trusted sometimes than user-generated campaigns that feel a little, more, a little bit more real or a little bit more authentic. And you can't get more authentic than user-generated content that falls under that editorial um, pillar because it's capturing real things in real time and having real people experience real real emotions as well you know so you know maybe sometimes it makes sense to have a funny goofy video but it also might make sense to actually you know find a piece where it is a really heartwarming piece um, that helps to be able to convey the message or the solution or or the brand purpose for you as well Garth I just blown away there's so many good pieces in there and I think so much there for people to be able to grab a hold of and start getting excited about their content marketing. It certainly made me feel more excited about my own of going, wow, you're not just writing a piece. You're not just answering a question. Um, you're able to actually convey emotions and brand awareness and also just allowing people to get a real understanding of what's happening. And it's that combination of images and what you're writing. I love the 52 tips, uh, the 52 questions. That's a great tip. So Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us again, where do we find you and where do we find Shutterstock? Uh, I, I would leave you with one thing before I let you know that. I, I would leave the audience with a couple of tips because I know that we've probably been talking for a little while now and I know that when I used to listen to podcasts, it was really helpful to have that, that summary or that dissemination of what we talked about. So what I would say is that content marketing gives you the opportunity to be more effective and to be cheaper than advertising if you use it correctly, make sure that your content is adding value, is relevant and is consistent across multiple channels. Make sure you do your research so you know your audience and probably most importantly, make sure that you use great visuals to be able to connect and tell your story faster. And if you do this, you're going to be able to drive more traffic, you're going to be able to foster greater trust and you're going to actually have higher profits in my opinion. And anyone can go to shutterstock.com 
to be able to start their start their process and to start their content marketing journey. And you could tell why you've been so lucky throughout your career because you're just thinking about things in such a logical way. Love the summary at the end. And I think everybody out there will be giving you a virtual clap right now to say thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks, Tracy. It's been a great pleasure. I appreciate it. Did you know that nine out of every 10 business owners complain that they simply don't have enough time? I believe that not having enough time is one of the greatest excuses that holds small business owners back from their true potential and the profits they deserve. We've all been taught our entire lives that being in business means working around the clock to achieve success because business is supposed to be hard, right? I believe business should be simple. And this is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Time. I wanna show you how to take control back on your time, how to think about time differently, and all with simple strategies that take no time to implement so that you then have the time to create the success you desire. And the best part is, the program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.tracyleek.com slash time and we can get started right now.